You are listening to Unapologetic Talk, brought to you by We The People. Bringing some common sense with a little New York disrespect. We The People, for the people, by the people. Yup. Rally Rebel. Rudy Fraser. Yeah, it's Unapologetic Talk. Yeah. Um, yo, Dom's at a photo shoot, so we ain't got no Dom today. But um, they here in spirit, always. He always, always. Stonewall was a riot. Talk. Um, today we got... Uh, yeah, we're just gonna get into a couple of things. Um, you know what I mean? Uh you wrap up this year, you know what I mean? Uh um, but not not we we gonna get to our current events like always, but you know what I mean? The uh the, the end of the year is, is is closing out and everything like that. And um we just uh you know, um getting prepared for next year and everything. We got uh you know, we shot a we shot an interview, we shot a couple of interviews the other day and everything. We're gonna wait until um the beginning of the year to uh promote those out, but uh Y'all, y'all stay tuned for that. But um, today we're gonna get into uh one of one of the stories. I think everybody's seen it on, on social media. And if you haven't, um, it was uh three Israeli hostage. They said they escaped. You know what I mean? Um, and while they tried to escape, uh, they they took they you know what I mean took their shirts and stuff off. Um, they had sticks with the white flags on it and everything. And when they came up to the soldiers, you know what I mean? They um, they called two rounds. You know what I mean? They um, they hit them with one round. With the with the boom boom, you know what I mean? They 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 pause for a second, then they hit him again. Um, two of the people, you know what I mean, died right there. One of the other one of the other people ran inside the building and everything, but uh, he he was dead by the time they came in there and checked him out. But um, this is there was Israeli Israeli people. Um, they they clearly took their shirts off to show that they didn't have any weapons and to um. Yeah, I mean, just to show that, you know what I mean? You, you have no reason to, to boom and they had the white flag just to, like, you know what I mean, try to, the best way to show that they were civilians, even though they were, you know what I mean, running away and everything, um, and trying to, uh, you know, uh, I guess go back home. But this is, uh, these are, these these Israelis were, were, were hostages that were, you know, part of this, you know, the kidnapping. They got the kidnapping posters and everything like that. These are three people that were part of that. And... Um, I don't know. I've been saying it since the beginning. You know what I mean? Um, if they say that that, that Hamas um, kidnapped these people, and they saying Hamas is right here in Gaza, and they're just blowing Gaza up without no kind of uh, um, no kind of care for anything. They just they're just tearing tearing that place up, man. And they don't they they don't know where these people at. They don't know where Hamas is at. They don't they don't even know if they killed a lot of these hostages already with all this bombing. And that's what you know what I mean. I be saying at at um there's no there's no strategy. They just clearly wanted they don't they don't care about the hostages. I can say it that way. You know what I mean? Um, it, it, it's clearly no no care for the hostages. Um, just by the bombing, the bombing. They don't know where these people at. So why are y'all just bombing the bombing bombing tearing that place up like that? You know what I mean? Um. It's 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 as I don't know. I watch I watch some. I don't know if y'all watch. Y'all ever seen that shit called Jubilee? You ever seen Jubilee on YouTube? No, Jubilee. Okay. They put um, they put it, it's crazy because it, they got like two parts of the show. One one's like a, like a sit down where they bring two um groups together. Like well, one time they had cops and criminals and they sat them down at the table and they have them talk and everything. And then they got like a little like fun show where you had to you know what I mean depict um. Uh, you got to guess who who's something, but these sit down, they, they, they're, they're social shows, and it's it's, it's kind of cool just to see how people um, uh, interact with each other. But they actually, you know, what I mean, sat down 
Israelis, Israeli people with um, uh, Palestinians and uh, that, that have lost, you know, me family members in the war. Um, and they sat down at this table and they, I think like the show was like an hour and a half and I watched it, man. And they just, it's just, uh, I think it's sick, like just to see, like they both, um, in the beginning, it was probably like one person on the other side, on the Israeli side that was showing like compassion, like they like, like could feel what they were saying. But everybody else just kept bringing it back to October 7th. I mean, bringing it back to October 7th. They kept talking about Hamas. And this this show was actually, I think, recorded like last week. So it was even like so far up to date where these people are talking about people dying now. Like when they when they said the numbers, where they compared the numbers of the, the 1,400 from October 7th to like, I think, it might be over 18,000 now. But right now, you know what I mean? Like 18,000 people. I don't understand. I don't, I don't. I, just for them people not to have compassion is just nuts to me. Just for them people like to just turn the cheek and act like all these kids and stuff and not dying is almost like uh, being like back in the day when you know what I mean. Uh, just how how they had no disregard for black lives and everything. Like they, right now they still don't to a certain extent. But I'm saying like back then uh, where you know where they was public hangings and you know just doing whatever you could, whatever you wanted to do to black people and not face no consequences or, or, or people feel bad for you. You know what I mean? It's is uh ah I don't know like just watching that show I don't I I couldn't I couldn't I don't know if I could be able to sit across from somebody yeah we both sharing the same kind of pain I guess if you lost somebody you know what I mean um but I don't know how I could sit across from somebody and look them straight in their face and them not just like ignore what's going on with my people or or, or like right now you understand um. It's just, oh, it's just, this is wicked, man. This is wicked. I just, yeah. I mean, the the I, I'm not again. I'm not familiar with that show, but on the thing that struck me with the news about the three hostages is that the first two were killed immediately. The third, from the stories I read, and I just double checked this while you were talking about it. The third ran for his life, and he was begging for help in Hebrew. So like they mm-hmm. had. Um, for me, this is like evidence of this is the part where this is one of those stories that should probably draw people back into understanding why this conflict is bad for everyone involved, because the this is like a clear demonstration that if they're doing this to Israeli civilians, there clearly isn't a presumption that the people that they encounter are civilians and they're treating these people like terrorists or just as like active combatants. And for someone to, for them to kill two people and then go hunt the other one down and kill him after, and he was begging for help in Hebrew is like, it's, it's, um, there's definitely some like wild shit going on over there. And then the financial times article that I read now has also said that the, the, the commander that was there issued a ceasefire and, uh, it was ignored. And so it's like. You just have to imagine that this can't be like an isolated incident, right? Like this has to be happening all over. And so, um, yeah, it's terrifying. It's terrifying that, and it should terrify people in Israel who have been supportive of this war, because that means that there could be other hostages that have been killed. There's This isn't even the first story that I've read of uh, uh, IDF killing an Israeli um, civilian. There was another one, I think that was like, uh, some someone had like because there I think there's like a rise in like 
civilians being armed over in Israel. And one person like had took like a, he was, you know, supposedly defending himself against Hamas. And he was like fighting against Hamas fighters. And then he turned around and surrendered when the, when the IDF showed up and the IDF still shot him. And so it's like, uh, it just all kind of points to you. People shouldn't be uh, advocating for this like bloodlust and being bloodthirsty. They should also be advocating for a ceasefire, also be advocating for a peace at a bare minimum. That should be like a universal, universal thing for people to like not want more bloodshed. And then after that, the politics of like the occupation should come into play. But people, anyone defending and like feeling like a ceasefire isn't necessary right now, just is like warmongering. Yeah, yeah it's like almost like a TOS terminate on site out this month. They, um... I don't think, I don't think, uh, as the end point, I, I don't know what the end point is. Like I said, um, because it like, I don't, I don't think they have no plans on ceasefire. And I don't think like we already see America is not going to, um, they, they got, they, they got the goal. The goal is to wipe them people out, man. You know what I mean? That's the goal. The goal is to wipe them people out. And we could probably like make our, um, I guess trying to find excuses of why they haven't stopped or, you know what I mean? Or, 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 but I think the end of the day is to wipe them people out, get that, get them people out of that land altogether. I don't think they want them coming back there to Gaza. I think they want Gaza for wherever they want Gaza for. Um, and I think that's that's it, man. Until somebody else step up in there, man, and really like come in here and defend them. Um, yeah, until people come in there and like really like yeah, like on some Iraqi freedom shit. Like there's got to be some people that go up in the, in Gaza and then back them soldiers back off until you know what I mean. But I don't I don't see that happening. I don't I don't see that happening, man. I I, I think it's sad that we gonna I think we're really gonna watch these people get wiped up out of there. You know what I mean? They got them in the West Bank. I don't I don't know if they'll extend to that war if they'll go to that point. But I, I believe they're gonna eventually wipe them people out of Gaza, man. Yeah, I, I think the calls for that are, it's weird that like, I feel like in the West, we're debating it, but the calls for that, like what people are debating the semantics of genocide and colonialism now, but like, there are pretty explicit calls for genocide in Gaza from Israel saying that, and from our own, like people in like, like DeSantis has said that like, like there's people who have put, uh, folks from uh, like in the military in Israel who have like said that there are no innocents in Gaza, mm-hmm. and there are people in like DeSantis has gone on television and said like, oh well, they treat that they they teach children to hate Jewish people and to hate Israelis um, in Gaza, and so that is all justification as a part of security and defense, like to commit this genocide. And so um, for me, it it feels very explicit in the both the actions and the communication. No one's gonna come out and say, yes, I'm doing a genocide. That has never happened in history that I know. Like they're like, yeah, there's always a reason. um, And uh, we'll get to the Congo in a bit, but there's always, someone always has a reason for why they do what they do. Um, And it's up to, it's always been up to everyone else in the world to hold them accountable for whether they're doing what they're saying or if what they're saying is true or not. Um, and it's very unfortunate that the United States continues to be like the only country complicit, well, them and like us and rather, and the and the UK. Um, 
because yeah, I mean that's that's what historically that's kind of that's been what the U.S. says its role is is to be that intervening force, and no one's going to intervene if the U.S. is on the opposite side of it, right? To like go yeah. against. So you got to, bro. I'm, I'm gonna send you that. I'm gonna send you that Jubilee episode. That you got to watch it though. It's uh, they. I mean, it, 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 it's it's sad, and then sometimes it's kind of frustrating because, like I said, like like just seeing them people like ignore the other side, like. The, the one woman was like, I'm asking you to show compassion for what we're going through right now as of how I lost people. And every time we say something, I'm telling you, this happened before October 7th. She was she was like giving the whole background of how she was 13 and how she had to move out. Her dad moved her out, you know what I mean? Brought her to, to the U.S. And the dude, like she was like, she was telling him about that and he brought it all. He, he just kept saying, ah, what about Hamas? But yeah, it wouldn't happen if Hamas. And like he just, like that was his answer. But they were um, just to hear how I said it was like one dude that was showing compassion, but he was saying that how people, how they do have Palestinians over in Israel and everything like that. And um, I think uh, one of the Palestinians was talking about how everybody, you know, um, second class citizenship, you know what I mean? They said they give everybody second class citizenship over there if you're not Israeli. And they said they treat you completely different. They tell you what you can teach in your school, what you can't teach in your school and stuff like that. And I was just listening to like how the Israelis were, were mad at the Palestinians because they say they actually teach about Hitler in their school. Uh, you know what I mean? So, um, and that's that's also like, I guess growing off of, um, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? That, that's, been their, that's been their enemies for like 75 years. Of, of of them being occupied and, and them being killed by you know what I mean that kind of people so that's why they study that shit but it's it's um it's wild it's just wild like this is... and that's what I was saying like are the, I, what I what I always wondered like like we were just talking about it yesterday and it's like I'm I'm trying to figure out are are those are they poor over there. Is um, the cities? The cities look like are they are they considered poor? Are Palestinians poor, or do they are they well off? Or are they just being occupied? Like no, well they're they're both being occupied, occupied, and it's like because of the occupation, they have little economic mobility, right? Because like if you think of like a country, countries are supposed to be able to have their own like natural resources, yeah. like do business externally to get like money and resources in. But there's been a blockade for the longest. Um, I'm not sure on like all the details of the blockade, but there's been a blockade for the longest. They um, like Israel controls who can go in and out of Gaza, um, and I'm sure likely the West Bank as well. Um, and so the way Palestinians, to, from my understanding, get their money is that they end up working in Israel, and so they end up going into Israel for work. And that's when you start to see those like the um, all those videos of people like walking through those like. It's like metal turnstile almost, and like that's guarded by the IDF. Like those are people trying to make a living um, working inside of Israel. But yeah, there's there's no economic opportunity, um, you know. And and on the flip side, Israel has like a booming like tech sector. Like the tech industry has there's a bunch of tech companies over there. There's a bunch of like international money that comes. So yeah, they they definitely definitely poor in, in Gaza. Mm. Um, and then on the, uh, I don't, I guess I got to watch this episode too. Cause every time I hear this stuff about, it's like, you definitely want to, you want to both like, uh, what do you call it? Like, like not 
support any form of anti-Semitism and like any thing of like Hitler and all that. But like, uh, I just hear, sometimes I hear references to this and I just don't, I don't know how, it feels like it's like fodder used to like downplay like the like effort to speak out on like a free Palestine. Um, there's certainly like anti-Semitism that rises up and and all that should be spoken down. There's also like, there's really enough anti-blackness that rises up in, in like black power movements, right? So um, it's not to say that it doesn't happen at all, but I feel like it's just used as justification to like, um, to like keep attacking Palestinians, you know? Yeah. Well, um, I, I've seen, um, I don't know if you've seen that on, on social media too. Uh, I think I seen it yesterday where they was talking about that um, they're starting to salt the grounds so they can't like grow, grow um, you know what I mean? Grow, grow uh, vegetables mm-hmm. and stuff like that, can't farm. Um, I don't know how far that goes, but they already, yeah. And then, like even on that Jubilee show, they was arguing about how, um, you know, how, you know, we already know Israel controls the water, but it was the, the, just to hear the woman try to argue that, like, oh, no, we only owe 10% of y'all water. And and he was, like, asking them, like, well, how did y'all shut it off? How did y'all shut it It was, it was just, yeah, usually I watch that shit. But yeah, um, go ahead. Get into what you got. What you got for us, Ruby? Um, see, I want to talk about Congo and give, like, an update there, but also on some conversations that I have with people about uh, about some of the my learnings with, with the Congo and its situation. And um, so first, the, the big news is like there's a two, it's like a two week ceasefire. Um, so there was a ceasefire that was announced on Monday of last week for 72 hours in the Congo uh, and in the, in the Eastern region. And then the US helped broker a two week um uh ceasefire until like december 28th and this is like predominantly for between the um the m23 rebel group that's been fighting over there which is like this rwandan back well rwanda denies ties to them but us and un accuses rwanda of supporting the m23 rebel group um they there's 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 a there's an article that came out today from the new york times that did a really good job covering, I, I feel, I feel um, the like current situation, which is speaking to like hundreds of milit or a hundred plus militant groups in Eastern Congo. Um, Congo has a really like complicated history. And what, what I feel like with both like from like activists on the internet and like news coverage has a really hard time covering it. Cause there's like, there's the militant groups. There's like, which is as like, genocide, rape, displacement, all these things happening. And then there's like the global capitalism, like exploitation, like the the um, the mines, the, the child labor, the slavery. Um, and then there's this like historical, like political interventions of like the US, like helping to assassinate a, a leader. Um, uh, and yeah, there's these multiple like coups and going even back to like colonial era, like Congo has had like a really tough history. Um, and, but, but yeah, so this, 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 um, putting that into this context, this rebel group has been invading, um, uh, and they, they basically did a ceasefire. There's some elections going on in Congo right now. So there's a ceasefire that was agreed until December 28th, 
Um, and then uh, I, that, that article kind of goes a little bit into the M23. I'll, I'll try to like piece that in here too, which is that like M23 is backed by Rwanda or is accused to be backed by Rwanda. Um, and the the reason for that is like there was the Rwandan genocide. So I started watching Hotel Rwanda today because I, I hadn't I hadn't seen it. Um, I've been like My learning more about Congo. Yeah. That shit is dark. Shit is dark. Oh yeah, it's dark. Yeah. Um, but basically, uh, during the the Rwandan genocide, the the Hutus um, were massacring the like uh, Tutsi minority, um, and at the end of it, the Hutus went into Congo. Like a lot of them fled to Congo, and so. The justification or the reason M23 says that they're invading is to uh, to go after the Hutus who committed the Rwandan genocide in the past. So they're using that genocide as justification for why they're invading. But now they're invading and displacing people, attacking people um, and committing more war crimes. So that's why they, there's like an urgency of a ceasefire there. At the same time, there's all this like activism that people are doing around the awareness of the um, the coltan and cobalt mines. So like uh, another thing with with Congo, it has always been is one of the like richest areas for natural resources, um, and and that was before coltan and cobalt. Like they had gold, they had uranium. Um, there was all these things that the world has always needed resources from the Congo. The Congolese people have never benefited from it. Um, so that's why when you see people saying like they're boycotting vapes or they're boy like not buying electronics, that's what that that's that, that other issue that's in the Congo that is ref, mm-hmm. is referring to. Um, and my update there is like I recently, I think a lot of people are, are referring to this. There's an Instagram page called Congo Friends, I believe. Let me double check that that thing. Yeah, Congo Friends or Friends of Congo is the name of the nonprofit, but Congo Friends is their Instagram handle. A lot of people seem to trust them as like a source, a resource for understand what's going on over there. Um, but I, I've, I've been rec- I recommended on the podcast before this um, book that I'm reading called Cobalt Red, and for me it was really informative. It covered it. It tried to cover the politics of the Congo. It talked about um, Patrice Lumumba's assassination. It talked about exploitation. It, it, fe- it felt like it, for me it was like a good entry point. I think I still kind of believe that. But this person pointed me to a critique of it that was basically saying, it was written by an Indian man, um, but the critique says that even though it's written by a person of color, um, it still repeats like these, it still repeats like how a white person would talk about the Congo. Mm. And something that I've realized from like watching this and and, like, like doing a lot of research, just like reading these books, like watching these documentaries and catching up on things, is like there's a very like condescending way to cover what's going on in Congo. And then there's like, I don't know, from the people's point of view. Yeah. Um, and the critique argues that like this is a very like lots of, st- and I realize it after I after I, I like, I've been, I, there's certain things I like catch, but you know, you like catch certain things. I'm like, all right, that's a little weird. That's off. Um, but then when I read, read this critique, I was like, okay, it is doing this. It's like talking about these people as if like they they have no other option. They have no agency. They have no control over their lives. Talks about them kind of like they're savages. And one point he literally talks about some soldiers. He referred to them as uh, red-eyed berserkers. 
Um, and I think they were like, he was saying they were like drunk and they were like attacking people. And it's very, yeah, it's very dehumanizing. Um, and it made me realize like, yeah, like a lot of, it's so easy to like repeat. I don't know. It's so, there's so many, it's, it applies to so many things. There's just ways to like cover stuff that's going on in the world that ends up perpetuating some of the things you would you would say you'd want to be against perpetuating racism perpetuating white supremacy perpetuating colonialism um and and yeah after once it kind of turned me off to the book because now i go back to it and every time every sentence i'm like (laughs) i'm kind of like uh you're doing that thing again (laughs) (laughs) you can't help yourself can you yeah is, I guess, yeah, so what? Well, like, describes, like, people's tattered clothes. Like, every every person, he describes their, like, tattered clothing and all this shit. And I'm like, man. But, yeah, so there's a there's a book list recommendation. There's, like, a recommended reading list from Congo Friends. I'm, I'm going to check that out. Um, but, yeah, it made me want to go do my own research, too, and, 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 uh, and learn a little bit more about Congo's history. Because he skims over the part. The part I was telling um, my fiance Kukwa about is like, all right, there's this. I, I mentioned Patrice Lumumba on this before, right? There's, um, cause I realized I, I'd heard that name before, cause I listened to, I really like Gil Scott Heron. Yeah. I really like his spoken word. Um, he's, he's the guy who made The Revolution Will Not Be Televised, but he also has this um, poem called uh, The Ghetto Code. Um, and he, he basically, it's like a critique of, the FBI and the CIA's like interventions into into all around the world and how it's like caused disruptions and shit. And he mentions Patrice Lumumba in the Congo. And so I was like, oh, I remember hearing that name in the book. I, I've been heard this book and word piece. Let me like do some research on him. And that's the video I sent y'all. Um, and like the, the the wildest thing that if you take away nothing from this with, with Patrice Lumumba, the wildest thing is this man was the after after the Congo was gained its independence. Um, he 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 spoke out and denounced Belgium and criticized Belgium in the West. And he was like, he stood for African unity. He was like, we're going to show you what black people can do. And and after that, he got he got white people mad. Um, and he he got killed by a U.S. backed coup. Like there's a yeah, he got killed by a U.S. backed coup that involved them kidnapping him, torturing him for hours, dismembering him and dissolving his body in acid. And I was like, if there is, if there was a president, (laughs) if there was a president that that happened to, that would be the only thing you know about that man. That would be the only thing you know. But like you, this man was the, the first prime minister of Congo after its independence and was assassinated and dissolved. And they returned, I think they said they returned like his tooth Belgium returned his tooth oh, to the shit. Uh and at that point there were even more riots, right? Like people like, even got angrier. Um and so yeah, so like Congo just has had I just hope people people should keep learning about the Congo, should keep like digging into its history. But people should know that like it started back with like King Leopold of Belgium. Like there was genocide from the beginning of Congo's history as a country. Then to the U.S. has a part to play in it, and all these countries around, all these companies around the world have a part to play in it, um, and Rwanda now has an active part to play in it as well. So, 
Con- Congo is just like, it's just this big, complicated thing. And part of the, the sad thing that the, the article points out is that like people think that this is just the way it is because it's, I think because it's so complicated and because there's so many issues, but um, hopefully people keep shining light on it. Yeah, I hope so too, man. That shit is fucked up. Uh, yo, um, I think it's just fucked up how they do black countries all together anyway. How they paint us, how they, how, you know what I mean? How they don't help us out, how they, um, uh, that Congo shit of them, you know what I mean? The, the child labor, all that shit, man. Since forever. Forever. It's always something. And they don't, they definitely don't, but you know, we don't, we don't, them, them countries, them, them, them black, you know what I mean? Uh, predominantly black countries. Don't, don't, um, you don't never hear about them in, in, in war analysis it's like going on right then and there and, and inside the, you know what I mean, the country itself. But going to war with other countries, like, what, what war has Africa been in? Africa's had a great African war. You said great like, African war? Yeah, there's, there's a great African war. The okay. Congo's, Congo had, uh, Congo had two big wars that, um, one, I think, started after Patrice Lumumba got killed. And then another, there was another, someone shot a plane down and then, like, half of Africa went to war. With who, though? With each other. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, they, they beef with each other. I'm talking about against other countries, though. Oh, well, I mean, they've been exploited. I don't think they really got the power to go. Like, that's what I'm who, saying, bro. They left us powerless, bro. <laughs> they, <laughs> do you know, they did us dirty, bro. They come and take all our shit, man. They left us dirty, powerless. Africa can't war, go to war with nobody, right? Like Haiti could never go to war with nobody. Jamaica can't. We could just probably, like, you know what I mean? Beef with each other, man. That shit. We don't got no weapons and shit like that. They left us without that shit. Do do who got do 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 Africa got nukes? I doubt it. But also, there are few countries there. There are few countries in the world that can go to war. Like seriously, like uh um. I mean that's the whole point of the UN is so that like there's a big brother and and you know it's like it's like China Russia and like America for real for real uh, and and it's to a point where if you war with probably most of the other countries in the world you end up warring with the UN and like you know America and yeah, that's, that's, I think that the UN is is, is bugging right now because that shit that's going it shit that's going on everywhere. It's, it's, you got to step in some kind of way, man. What's going on in the Congo, Sudan, fucking Palestine? This shit is nuts, bro. Uh, on the coverage, though, I feel like that's just an important point to me is that you got to know who... Journal, like, journalists write history, right? Like, they're the ones covering it and recording it. And that's why, like, I get I get so mad about like the coverage you get in like the New York Post, for example, because it's like that's like goes on record now, and like they could just paint you as like a criminal or something, but it's like it's in, it's important to like have someone put it on the record the counter argument that like like a rally rebel is fighting for people's liberation versus like, some, some outsider giving like terrible very. My very first New York Post when I was at City Hall, somebody, uh, the dude, I just seen him outside. He still be outside, but he won't, he always come give me a, like a, a five and I'll take a picture of me, but he can't, he works for the New York Post, but he can't, he can't, he can't post it. You know what I mean? They won't let him do the stories on me no more. But he, um, he got me, he took a, he took, the, he took the video 
he took a picture of me at, at City Hall, like giving out food, and they got a they got a joint, and they were saying I'm from Jersey. But then, um, yeah, after that, it's been all like bad publicity. <laughs> you know, what I mean? you probably you can't even see that first one no more. That first one that was like I think I got it. It's in my story though, but you can't even find that article no more. But they had a whole like page where it told me that you know what I mean that I was giving out yeah, what I wanted to see for the world and all this. She gave me a long interview and it was like you know what I mean. It didn't have no radical shit in there with me talking about it. Well, yeah, it wasn't all radical. I was talking about, like, how, you know what I mean, we don't want the system, and this is what we're doing. This is, like, basically, I was talking about some mutual aid shit. It wasn't on me talking about fuck the cops or no shit like that. But, you know what I mean? That was that was a good article. And I, to the point, I didn't I didn't know I didn't know what kind of post New York post was. Like, I didn't know if it was, like, good or bad or if it was for us or not. But that mm. was the first one. And then after that, it was pandemonium. I got about like nine of them bitches now. And all them shit is like shooting at me. Boom, boom, boom. And, they, and they, they keep bringing up the same shit from like the first year. None of them shit talk about, you know what I mean, we the people or, or any of like, the, you know what I mean? Uh, that's why I said, like, I, I tilt my hat on, on the Washington Square shit because like we, we, we fought that, we won it. And like, you know what I mean? Even Adams came out and spoke on that shit. And like, but they didn't, they didn't want to attach that to me. They just say like, you know what I mean? Park goers. They don't even call it a protest. They call it parkours. <laughs> that shit does. But yeah, they don't. Uh, fuck New York Post. Heavy on that. Heavy on the fuck. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, uh. Oh, I just shit. The New York Post is uh, what I would do. The last thing I wanted to talk about was that you already know. The motherfucking room 216. No sex in the champagne room. Two sixteen, yo. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before before you get oh, that, no, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. There was just one thing on the New York Post because I, I now I gotta find it. Where it's like New York Post, Bill. Cl there was a Bill Clinton quote that they made a, a headline title. Yes, and it's just it's just wild to just take it out of context. I don't know if y'all seen it already. Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign quote. Could not sell pussy on a troop train. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's on the New York Post. That was a headline, and because I think they took it out of his book. I think he wrote that. Bill Clinton wrote that in his book. Oh, what was it? Say it again. Though. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign quote could not sell pussy on a troop train. <laughs> I don't know how you said that about your wife. <laughs> oh, the truth trades, man. Yo, that's comedy. Yo, yeah, New York Post niggas, yo, they crazy, bro. They crazy. <laughs> they crazy, too, yo. Oh, man. Yo, yeah, but nah, no sex in the champagne room, man. It, yo, it's, it's crazy. We talk, we talk, we talk. We had to get serious. We talk about Palestine. We talk about Congo. We get serious, and then we get to the U.S. Goddamn, it's the motherfucking circus. Goddamn, no sex in the champagne room, yo, <laughs> yo. All right, so if y'all didn't see this shit, yo, this shit had me cracking up because I was watching basketball yesterday, and uh, I told y'all I was in Jersey and shit. And my sister's, uh, my sister's fiance was like, "Yo, you seen this shit?" And he just like pulled the camera over. Bro, that's too bad, you know what I mean? Too bad just like in the office getting busy, you feel me? Like just you can see it from the back, you see the picture? I've only <laughs> seen the thumbnail of him bent over. Yeah. Yeah, hey, <laughs> yo, it's too old. But yo, yeah. These guys yo, this shit is wild, bro. It's wild. But they say that room is where they um 
where they say they be they be grilling nominated presidents and and um yeah, I guess it's an interrogation room. I guess when motherfuckers fuck up and shit, they bring them in that room and shit. But it's a it's an infamous room, a famous room, room two sixteen, no sex in the champagne room. And he um they they trying to see if he's gonna have the person whoever leaked the video. What did y'all say it was in a in a um he put in his close friends? Yeah, yeah, that's what uh that's what Sarah was showing us that he had posted the image of it or the video, I don't know, to to his close friends. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's the wildest shit ever, right? I can see, I can see if somebody like it was one of those shit and somebody hacked your computer or some shit. But bro, what the, I don't understand why niggas be doing nasty shit. I mean, it ain't it ain't nasty. It ain't sex to sex. But um, I guess um, recording recording yourself and what you you know what I mean? I don't see how they sent it like that or why they even had to put it in the close friends with somebody to record it. They put it out there like that's almost like you want to get caught or something. Oh, you got to reevaluate your friends, man. Or something, man. I don't know how. <laughs> That's my recommendation. Because it's like, all right, well, people people do shit, and they they think it's funny or it's lit, and they share it with their peoples. The problem is, who is in your close friends list? There's clearly a traitor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't close friends list enough. You want to be a little risque. You have this fantasy. You it out. <laughs> and, but... You didn't put it in the group chat. You put it in the close yeah. friends. Clearly a little too too permissive in there. Too permissive. Bro, yeah. And the person, to be clear, though, is a staffer. They're not like a politician who had sex. So, Bro, you know I wanted that to be a politician bad as hell. Oh, yeah, I have my face. That's what I first thought. I was like, who's, <laughs> whose senator is this? <laughs> yeah, if I say, all oh, y'all are freaks. Burn it down. Burn it down. <laughs> Burn it down, son. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, yeah, well, they said he, he got fired. He got fired, and uh, he's 24 years old, got fired. He said he would never disrespect, in the quote that he said, that um, he would never disrespect his workplace. So I guess he was uh, blessing it. He blessed his workplace. But <laughs> as a freaky USA, man, we, we got we got to, that's great. Like I said, we, we got the circus shit. We got the circus shit. This shit's a joke, man. And uh, next year was next year, 2024, man. It's, 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 it's that circus time again for this election shit, man. And it's sad that we got these two same candidates. I can't even believe that we're still talking about the same two candidates, Biden and, and, and Trump. I was even, um, Cornell West, he ain't, you know, he ain't doing nothing, man. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't. It's going to be a crazy year. I don't know if y'all remember 2020, but 2020 was crazy around it, especially, like, uh, for protesting and shit, because around, like, like November, they, they, they call SRG out for everything, bro. Everything. They um, It don't matter what the protest was. And they rough as hell. You know what I mean? But, um... I don't yeah. know. I don't know if... Uh, I, well, the U.S. is, like, a circus, politically. Like, I don't know if we covered it on the show before, but there was a, there was a time when, like, it was like two incidents in one week where like they almost on the same day, I think, where they almost got into a fight on Capitol Hill. It was like someone like bumped into someone, like punched him in his kidneys and like he, <laughs> and he had to like run down on him. That was like one situation. I don't remember whose names was involved. It was Republicans. And then the other situation was like it was a senator, Republican senator, but he was next to Bernie Sanders. And they were like it was a hearing. 
And it was a, I think it was a union person. It was like a teamster or something like that. And he was like, he had said, the teamster dude, had, it was over something on Twitter. Like, it's wild. <laughs> and like, and see, so he said something on Twitter. The senator saw it. And he was like, the senator was like, you, you wrote a tweet that said, uh, anytime, any place, we could settle this. Well, this is <laughs> And this is a place. <laughs> yeah. And I'm ready. And he got up. And, and the dude was like, and the dude was like trolling him a little bit. It was like, you think I wanted to fight you? <laughs> <laughs> and like Bernie Sanders over here, you are a United States senator. <laughs> it was our yeah, I love I elected, you, bro. They're not serious people. Yeah, hell no. As you can tell, bro, I, yo, I, I love watching that shit on YouTube. Politicians fighting? That shit be... It's, yeah. <laughs> yo, it's the best, bro. I'd be like, yo, they really serious, but they be getting in with them suits and shit on. Especially when motherfuckers start taking their shoes off, be running around trying to hit each other. I'm like, yo, this shit is real. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like there, there's stuff that... Oh, yeah, because it's not just the U.S. It'd be happening all over the world. All like, over, they, bro. We'd be throwing it down. Right, the politicians, they be really, they be really going down. I say, you want to see them cats fight, boy? Watch them politicians. <laughs> you, you <did> it. <laughs> yeah. They put them suits in. This should be looking like a mosh pit. <laughs> They're fucking each other up. But yeah, no shit, man. Uh, will, will we will we be having another episode before the end of the year? Now, right? Oh uh, yeah. So no, no, I'm about to just reflect on on on, on the year I had. Right. So look. I started the year off with a broken leg, right? Ah, then um, shit. I said I was gonna wait until like April before I came back outside. I was still doing mutual aid, though. I never stopped doing mutual aid. You know what I mean? Um, but like far as marching, and then that Tyree Nichols shit happened, right? The Tyree Nichols shit happened where the guys beat up Tyree Nichols and killed him. And I think that's where I met Sean. Yeah, I met Sean at the Tyree Nichols march. And then that was that was like February, right? Yeah, February. And then shit, I started marching again from February to like May, and then that Jordan Neely shit kicked off. Yeah, we got we got we turned up for like three days, and then they pushed us on the sidewalk, and then we had to battle that shit. And we just that was we 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 when pushed on the sidewalk from May. All the way until like October seventh, until the Palestinians came outside, bro. I mean, we were we were we were starting to start to take the streets back, but it was like you know what I mean. It was it was it was still hectic every night, but yeah. And and the Palestinians by them, that's why it shows stripping numbers. You know what I mean? It was so many they can't they can't enforce that shit. They'll get so much pushback and everything, and it opened the door for us to come back outside because you can't discriminate. You can't let those people come outside. You know what I mean? And tell us that we can't still march and take the streets. So that's how that shit ended, but I don't know. So I take my break, and I'm just excited for next year. Excited for next year. Excited to like get these, uh, like we said earlier in the, in, the, in the meet, to get these uh, workshops out the way, and get people. You know what I mean? Go to the next level. We can't go into like I don't like going into the new year on the same shit. I like to try to at least like add to the repertoire, add up. You know what I mean? Turn up a little bit. So I don't know. Um, now I'm definitely excited about this shit. Um, this podcast. Glad you on the team too, Rudy. That's a fire addition. We should have did that. You know what I mean? We all like part of being people, family, and all this shit. So it's dope. 
and have you part of the shit, your knowledge, the shit that you bring. Um, I was just thinking about that shit yesterday, uh, too, at the, uh, was that yesterday? No, two days ago, when we, when, when we, you know what I mean, had that interview with, with Hawk, you know, just how, you know what I mean? Just sitting back listening to us, yeah, great job on that, too. Yeah, um, and, uh, shit, say ain't no dimes, I'm sign up for dimes, too, boy, yeah, next year, y'all, the first week, you know what I mean, we got the, um, uh, coming up. Yeah, y'all stay in tune because we're gonna have like the best of the best of unapologetic talk, you know what I mean? All our fun moments, um uh our uh, powerful interviews, stuff like that. Um that's coming in as we retool and get reloaded for the new year. Um we're coming out of the new year, the first week of New Year with a bang, you know what I mean? So be on the lookout for that. Rudy, you got anything you wanna say? Uh I would say, I mean, on the on the reflecting, it has been a while. Yeah. And I don't, I don't personally, I don't even think that I can. There's so much that happened this year; it's be hard to unpack. Um, and but I have been glad to see we the people like continue to like persevere because I think the the thing that I keep coming back to, and also like I think it came up in the, or at least the thought came up as we was talking to Hawk and he he can he like shouted us out for it. It's like the fact that we the people can continue and be so consistent is very important. There's a lot of mutual aid groups who um you know ceased operating since twenty twenty. Um I haven't seen too many start up. And so the fact that we the people can keep going is important because that makes it different from like when a, a Quavo does a turkey drive. Like, <laughs> It's consistent. It's this, it's a reliable program for the community, um, and and it's not government funded, right? It's not like a food bank. It's it shows people that you you know when you ask what what hap like what other way is there to live than just looking out for yourself and and the people immediately close to you, there are ways to like extend that love to your community, and that way is through mutual aid. And it can start as simple as like showing up for you. It can start as simple as an individual as just knowing your neighbors and like showing up for them, checking on them, making sure they're good. But then it can go to like a program like what we the we the people has that can incorporate lots of different things. You start, you know, collaborating and and, and building and building community with people who also have this like community mindset. Um and that's super important. I think one of the one of the wildest things that happened this year that I there's really no learnings from it. It's just, you know, the fact that like the the um the time when there were arrests during We the People, like still still shake me up to be honest. Um I haven't I literally haven't worn the outfit that I wore that day since. Um because I'm like, that shit is bad luck. Um but it was like the and the NYPD has been chill since then. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was a really stressful day. I think I like my whole body went gray after that shit. <laughs> I wouldn't even have expected to that so many there would be so many arrests, um, and that's one where like I really do wish that people would give that that day and just we the people in general more coverage to to speak on. It's like look at this, case. and also you know there's Cop City and and their mutual aid and how that's been like indicted on yeah. like that, but. Just the power that it could like be so threatening that armed police officers feel the need to intervene in some way. Like that should speak volumes, and that we can still come back out there and 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 still be there and still be this force in the neighborhood. 
And like, whenever I talk to people in my life, they like, that's why I say, I was saying in the meeting earlier, is like, we should get the banner up so that there's just branding behind what this is. Cause people see the tables and they know there's a thing that happens here, but they don't know if it's charity. They don't know if it's the NYPD. They don't know who's behind it. But mm-hmm. I talked to my therapist and my therapist is like, is like, oh, I see y'all out there from time to time. Like, um, oh, that's dope. Black woman, she like lives in Brooklyn. Um, but she's like, even we, I talked to her about we the people, but she didn't, she doesn't, she didn't put two and two together that, that we'd be out there in that corner. So hopefully like get more recognition from, from that and what it's doing. And, and cause for me, yeah, even no matter, I, I have like, I'd be having lots going on. I'd be having, I got black sky I'm working on. I'm like bringing back paper tree. I do consulting and stuff, but no matter what, I always want to make time for, for we the people and want to see it yeah, can't let those people down. Dang. Yo, yeah, I, man, I love you. I love you. Yo, um, all right, uh, real quick, all right, shout outs. Uh, let me say, um, all right, like I said, one more time, big shout out to Don. Don's not here. Don's at a photo shoot. Sending their love. Um, shout out to Sean behind the scene. Fire. Do, do the uh, magic behind the scene. Shout out to um, Sarah. Shout out to Chucky, shout out to Rosie, shout out to um, Shay, shout out to, um, uh, oh, big shout out to Angie, yo, shout out to Angie. Um, and yeah, that's that's it for, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, for the people that's tuning in and supporting and sharing. That's a fact. Talk. Talk. Um, oh, we the people every Thursday, starting at one o'clock, folding no strength. Um, January 17th, outside 100 Center Street, Daniel Penny trial. Boom, fire. Um, Black Sky, Black Social Network on the Blue Sky application, about to be more publicly visible very shortly. So you'll be able to tune in and check it out for yourself pretty soon without even needing an invite code or an account. So check us out what we're going on over there. We building. Y'all see Twitter is still dying. Gonna be pack watch for Twitter. Black Sky's up next. It's a shame. It's a shame, right? People are losing their their social networks. People are losing Black Twitter. But I promise you, we we building over here. So come check us Got out. Got it, man. Come on over to Black Sky, man. Come on over to Black Sky. Fuck that Black Twitter shit. Fuck the <laughs> yeah, we over here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, y'all. Shout out to y'all on the Polygenic Talk.